two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He's on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Buck Sexton, and you're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast, part of the Clay Travers and Buck Sexton Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm so glad you're here today with someone that I have known for a few years now, one of my favorite people to just chat with. And just before we started recording, we were having an awesome conversation. So I know that this conversation is going to be great, too. This is former New York Congresswoman Nan Hayworth, also a medical doctor. So she's got some a lot, a lot more knowledge and information than me. So we think of her as a professional in many ways. So we're in good hands today. She is from New York. So I do want to start in New York because there's a lot going on. But first, I want to say welcome. Welcome, Congresswoman Hayworth. Thank you so much, Tudor. It is my privilege. You're one of my favorite people to uh, have as a as a host. Uh, and by the way, I grew up in Northwest Indiana, so not not far from Michigan at all. Wow! So that's so oh, you Midwest. know a little bit about the the Midwest. Then you know oh, yeah. Midwest nice, but you also <laughs> but you, but now you're in New York, which is an interesting contrast because certainly going from the Midwest to to New York, I see you sometimes when we're in New York together. And yes, yes. New York City has changed a lot in the past few years. It has, not for the better. And much of it is attributed, some of it's attributable to COVID. There's no question. It's all attributable to the predominance of Democrat politicians and politics in our state. Uh, and the, uh, the criminal reform law of 2019 uh, is the uh, lingering uh, source of a great deal of uh, disruption and continuing uh, problems. And well, I, I want to ask you a little bit about some of this because I think that we've been we've been talking about woke a lot, right? So we get we yeah. talk about all the things woke that are happening, and I'm starting to think that's too nice of a term, and it kind of excuses a lot of the hatred that comes out of this because we've seen yeah. a lot of hatred of 
white people, white men, especially. We just had Jane Fonda come out and say white men should be put in jail for climate change. Um, we've seen a lot of hatred toward Christians. And and just most recently, you had the City University of New York. There was a commencement speech that had well what's being called as anti-Israel hate speech. And then they also... And it was right. I mean, and condemning the NYPD, calling them fascists. This is like we're going to the next level. I mean, that's why I don't like calling this woke. This is becoming very dangerous. It's yes, I agree with you. It's poisonous cultural Marxism. I will offer this, uh, Tudor. Uh, I think much. In fact, all of the depredations we see emerging from uh, the academy in this country uh, uh, originate because uh, taxpayers are being attached to pay generously for these abuses. We have an education government complex uh, almost exclusively, although there are notable exceptions, including Michigan's own Hillsdale College. Uh, which refuses to participate in any government funding programs, scholarships, loans, or otherwise. Uh, And they are a shining light uh, of uh, American uh, founding values that are universal and uh, can and should be cherished by all and have, have engendered the prosperity that the education government complex abuses today. What you see, these kinds of, this kind of uh, invective uh, that we heard from this uh, commencement speaker uh, condemning white supremacy. And the law is abused in this country to uh, oppress uh, all minorities. And yes, she had a, a whole say She's obviously Muslim. She had on a, a headscarf. Uh, but uh, yes, to, to condemn our ally uh, in the Middle East, Israel, um, This invective was made possible because these people live in an ecosystem. And that's the problem with the left. They never understand the ecosystem in which they can exist. You know, this country is able to harbor them and their rhetoric and their protests and their dysfunction precisely because we have had a nation that has relied fundamentally, if imperfectly, on the principles of, yes, hard work, showing up, being productive, competing, striving for excellence, all of those values that are now condemned as white supremacists, which is an incredible insult to the black folks I know personally who embody the best of those values. Uh, But the education government complex exists for two reasons. One is to indoctrinate the next generation of Marxists, and the other crucially, is to serve as the conduit, the extortion division for the Democrat Party. They pry money out of taxpayers' pockets and sluice those campaign contributions and votes directly uh, to the Democrat Party and their politicians. It is an absolute disgrace. And the best thing we could do for this country is 
to defund and dismantle that education government complex, make all education private. And I say that as the product of great public schools in Munster, Indiana in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, my dad went to public schools in Tyre, Ohio. My husband went to public schools in New Jersey and uh, and uh, Texas. My kids went in New York. Uh, they had many fine teachers. I had amazing teachers. I'm very grateful for it, but it should all be private at this point. Uh, because this it, this is the wellspring of that poisonous hatred. And they're cranking out all these graduates going into policy, going into now, of course, business, going into education, and, of course. It's media. starting It's starting really young because you have, yeah. I mean, exactly what you're saying, this money that we're putting into big education, and that goes starts in some cases in preschool. Now yeah. that money that's going in is also paying the dues of the teachers unions and Absolutely. the teachers unions are becoming more and more and more powerful. And this is something, I mean, just today I've been talking about this because my kids were in public ed until the pandemic. I moved them to a private school. My oldest will be graduating from eighth grade today. And it's oh. very emotional for me. I've been like a wreck all day. I know that's so silly, but it's still, no, it's it is, it is. And I have seen how she's grown. And I was telling the folks here in my office today, we went in this morning and they had a breakfast for them for graduation day. And then they had what they called an award ceremony. And everybody's like, oh, did every kid get an award? Every kid did. They got a folder with their award in it and they weren't called out for what their award was. It was on a roll and things that they had earned. Yes. But what the award ceremony really was, was the teacher standing up and and telling them, these are the gifts that we've seen that you have over the se right. last several years that you've been here. And I just cannot tell you the value I see in these private educa educations and private educators that pour into your child in that way. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen in public ed, but this was this for us is very values-based for our family. This is a Christian school. I feel very blessed to have them learning their faith while they're learning their history and their math and their English. And I think that's something that we as Republicans we we want to come in and enact policy and in several states we've been successful with choice policy. Yes. But I think the conversation also has to be out there that you have to, as a parent, be incredibly involved in your child's education. Mm -hmm. And if you think that's missing, research other schools. And if you think you can't get into that school, but it, it reflects your values, find out what programs they have because you probably can figure it out. Well, I think that's uh, that's great advice, uh, Tudor. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, and I do think that as a nation, uh, we should be, and I welcome it state by state, yay, federalism, but state by state, these school choice, you know, the money follows the student, uh, not the school. Uh, that That is a powerful uh, means of ensuring that institutions will compete on the basis of quality. Uh, and that means involved parents uh, recognizing what uh, that quality should, should be and what it should look like. Uh, but institutions competing to do the best they can for for our children. Um, families have the the fundamental. You are so right, Tudor. Parents have the fundamental responsibility. There's no question. I do think that we we as a society have a collective responsibility, not ownership, 
but a collective responsibility to make sure that we're fostering the development of the best individual citizens we uh, can have. Because as the framers and founders uh, brilliantly noted, this country will only work, John Adams in particular, this, this country will only work if it is comprised of moral actors, of, of individuals who understand their relationship to God, uh, what it should properly be uh, in terms of obligations to their communities, to others, to themselves, to their families, uh, to this country. Uh, and that will not happen in uh, public schools of today, uh, sadly, for many reasons. And, and that's why that, that choice is so important. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com tutor. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years. And in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some of the things that we see coming out of public schools today, I mean, obviously we're seeing, we, we started talking about woke, but we are seeing a lot of this stuff come into the schools. Absolutely. This is, you know, Pride Month starts in June. A lot of schools are ending in June. And so that's that's just like, that's how they're, that's the note they're ending on. And there's a lot of push. I mean, we saw the oh, yes. department, U.S. Department of Ed on the first day of Pride come out there with a, a post saying, you know, we're welcoming this. This is an exciting thing. And yeah. as far as I'm concerned, we're talking about your sexual identity, which I don't, I don't feel that that has a place in certainly in elementary school, but really I, I don't want somebody talking to my middle schooler about that. And I think you're, you're figuring out who you are in high school. So I don't see, I, right. I, I really don't see this as a school issue whatsoever, but we see communities that are, it, it seems as though the social contagion of transgenderism is yeah. infecting entire communities. And I say that, and I'll have people say, oh, well, you don't believe that people can be transgender. I don't believe that five girls that are friends become transgender altogether. And right. and I know that there have been studies, I think it was Boston University that did a study showing that this is a social contagion. I mean, similar yeah. to anorexia or bulimia, which yeah. is something we saw when I, I was in college. We had Absolutely. whole communities of girls that would become anorexic yes. at the same time. Why yes. are we not allowed to say that? <laughs> Why indeed? And to your point, uh, Tudor, uh, I observed today that a paper was just uh, withdrawn or um, uh, rejected or submitted for further review. Anyway, um, uh, you know, has been pulled. Uh, and the paper uh, dealt with, from a scientific journal, and the paper deals with rapid onset gender dysphoria, ROGD, just what you're talking about. That phenomenon seems particularly prevalent among females, mm -hmm. uh, female adolescents, that they all of a sudden decide as a group that they are uh, not uh, in the right body. This is, it, it's such a, it's such an important, it's a, a vital issue on so many levels. Uh, Clearly, there are individuals. It is a very tiny number of human beings who uh, feel profoundly that their body is not the right body, and that you know they they the the, the sex they're that they're born with. It's not a matter of being assigned. You could call it observed sex. I'm a doctor. You know, it is right. clear when an infant is born, almost always there are, there are outlying cases for reasons that are well known. They have to do with certain abnormalities of, of ordinary bodily function. Uh, but, you know, we're observed to be male or female. It's not a matter of the doctor arbitrarily saying, well, you know, this is a little boy, this is a little girl. Everybody, and anybody with common sense knows that. And the fact that it's hard even to say that, not among Republicans, but among Democrats. Katanji Brown Jackson could not define a woman. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> and yet on. when you have a gender reveal, there are only two colors that we're choosing from. <laughs> well, yes. So an adult and by the way, uh, you know, the definition of adulthood probably is much closer mentally and psychologically to being 25. You know, it's not 18. Right. Uh, right. And by the way, 18 is an artifact of the Vietnam War era, uh, it, because the argument was if you can get drafted at 18, then you ought to be able to vote. You can argue the legitimacy of the draft, by the way. I, I completely get that. But 
the army is an authoritarian hierarchy or the military is an authoritarian hierarchy. You put 18 year olds into that, their lives are completely regimented and regulated. That does not mean they have the discernment to have the franchise. I think that that's they. something people don't understand, though. And so go into that a little bit, because we're, you're talking about brain development and yes. brains develop at different points. But we know for sure that consequence and all that, those are the last things to develop. So fully well, understanding. Yes. Perspective, self-control. Uh, and if you want to know, I learned this on the Financial Services Committee when I was in the House. Uh, if you want to know who's got the skinny on, you know, real life risk, ask an insurance company because that's their livelihood. That's their survival. That's their bread and butter. Auto insurers will not insure uh, a driver until they're, or at least rental companies. I'm pretty sure a lot of auto insurers either, but you can't rent a car until you're 25 years old. Why? Yeah, right. Because exactly. Because they won't, you know, your your auto, your rental company insurers won't won't insure you if you're renting to under 25 years old because that really is the cutoff. So my my strongly held view as a doctor, uh, I'm an ophthalmologist. I am not a you know a gender specialist, but my strongly held view is that because I know the kind of harm that we're capable of doing as doctors. You know, there we can do unnecessary procedures. Uh, we should not be. I, I didn't. But you know what I'm saying. But there's also, um, a, I think, a temptation, just like in any in any business, there is a temptation to go a little bit to the next, like try to bring in the next buck. Right. And, and we've heard about this. Well, sure. in all different and this industries. is happening in medicine. Yes. I mean, we've heard about people having cavities filled when there was no cavity, all of these yes. different things. Yes. So why is this not a big deal? Why are there not more doctors standing up and saying, yeah, this is incredibly lucrative. I mean, to cut off healthy body parts, that's a, a serious surgery. I, I've had a, a double mastectomy. I know that mm -hmm. it was extraordinarily expensive. And what? between me and the insurance company, a lot of money was exchanged. So- right. Why is why are people in the medical industry afraid to stand yeah. up and go, oh, wait, 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 wait. This is not well, the I do no harm. It, you know, Tudor, because the political pressures are enormous. And also most of uh, the, the House of Medicine uh, in this era is on the left. Uh, and I see it at my own uh, alma mater, Corn uh, now it's Wild Cornell Medicine. Um, but... Uh, Anybody willing to do a life-altering, irreversible intervention, chemical or surgical, on a human being under the age of 25, before they have full neurobiological maturity, personally, I think that is malpractice. Uh, and I think criminal penalties should apply. Uh, That's interesting because a lot of these... Or regrets. A lot of these lawmakers are looking at bills up to 18. And I think that they are doing this without probably the advice of a medical professional, because we have all, we all have this ingrained in our head that eight, once you're 18, you're exactly. An adult. And it's, it's a big mistake. That's right. And it's because we were drafting people into Vietnam at age 18. And then folks said, we've got to be able to vote at age 18. The dumbest thing this country ever did was let 18 year olds have the vote. Sorry. You know, well, but I, they're I, not ready. I, I think that the, you know, people, 
it's such a compelling argument from the left to say you, these people want to they want to commit suicide. You're taking this away. I from know them. it's terrible. Yes, but there is a lot to be said for just growing up. And there are th there are things no matter what that you just can't do until you're a certain age. And I I don't know how we frame that in a way that people understand that it, what we're doing is the loving part. We it are is, loving yeah. people enough to say when you're ready, when you're ready. I, right. And I think I think the elements are this. Number one, we say, look, once you are an adult, you live your life the way you choose. If you were, you know, if your body has XY cells, you know, male cells, but you want to live uh, looking like a female, that's up to you. Now, we have to have a separate conversation, of course, about women's spaces and sports. And I think this is politically where uh, Republicans uh, gain a, a certain community affiliation that might not otherwise be there. But, uh, but before the age of 25, you know, we as certainly as practitioners have to protect the vulnerable. And, and that's, you know, we have to recognize that these folks need, you know, they don't need judgment. You know, that's, that's an element of it. We're not judging, uh, but we are offering compassion and care. You know, and what we're saying is, I understand and appreciate that you are distressed. You don't feel right. Most of these people, as I'm sure you know, Tudor, um, are somewhere on the emotional disorder spectrum. Uh, a lot of them are on the autism or Asperger's spectrum. They don't feel, you know, and folks on that spectrum have a lot of trouble placing themselves in a community. That's what I, I think there is. A, there are there are folks that have a feeling, a lack of fitting in feeling. And so yes. I, and yes. the message from some folks in the medical community is that this can manipulate those people. Yes. Our percentage of truly yes. transgender people is not as high as what we're seeing coming into Very these small. clinics, and, but it's also pushed by social media and all these other yes. things. And, and now we have this madness of we're changing the boxes of menstrual products. And I mean, they're even coming out and saying this is a, a bigger financial burden for trans people. I'm like, how is a, a menstrual product a bigger financial burden for one group over another. Like we're all, all people that are going out and buying these products are buying them at the same cost, whether you're buying right. this for yourself or your daughter or, you know, oh, what, whatever this one. is, they're, mm -hmm. they cost the same. And I, I think it's also disappointing to see these companies cave and say, we're going to make this look less like it's for women. We've got to get rid of the, this, female symbol. We've got to get rid of the co color pink. I mean, the next thing you know, I'm going to have to search for it in the spaghetti aisle because we don't even want it in women's products. I mean, give me a and, break. Yeah. It's just, yes, the left exists to disrupt. Hmm. Uh, and that they have embraced uh, this uh, transgender theme movement uh, in part because they feel it just simply disrupts American society and whether or not, uh, you know, it's, it could be subliminal for some of them. Uh, but they are, they are succeeding because of the 
complicit nature of American enterprise at this point. And we're seeing it on all fronts. So uh, social media, uh, as you pointed out, uh, Tudor, Jonathan Haidt has done a, a lot of great work about this with, with colleagues uh, and wrote an essay a couple of months ago, published an essay. Uh, really statistically, you can see that the figures for mental distress, uh, mental dysfunction skyrocketed with the advent of smartphone use among kids. Hmm. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is, quote, worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 tutor Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years. And in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We see students or young 
young women more so than young men who are affected by social media. They see friends out. They're not yes. out with the friends. There's something wrong with me. There's an internalization. Yes. We were seeing um, young female suicide and suicide attempts that are yes. increasing. What is the answer for that? Because I think we've, I think that so often we look for a legislative answer to these things, like a right. quick fix. I mean, it's just like I when agree. you have a kid that's suffering, what's the pill that I can give them, you know, but Absolutely. what right. is the legislation that I can do that can just cut this off? But it's a right. society, it's a culture issue. It, yeah, I agree with you, Tudor. You're right. You're right. And once we lose the culture, um, we're in trouble. I think, I think we are in trouble. Um, Why are Democrats I, winning? I mean, what are we doing that is not it, What is your perspective in New York? Because obviously I have mine in Michigan, but you yeah. had the same thing where everybody thought, oh, we're going to end up with the governorship here. And then it, it yeah. didn't happen. So what are the Democrats doing that are winning over hearts? Because I believe it's hearts. I, I, I don't think you're just yeah. getting votes. I mean, I think that there is there are shenanigans going on, but they're they're moving hearts. No, no, and they're, they're very they're serious. Absolutely. And look, Republicans did come close. Um, you know, Democrats make the argument that they are more compassionate and they care more about personal liberty. Superficially, uh, some folks might agree with them because, you know, Democrats want to take lots of money from rich people and send it to people who are needy. And isn't that compassionate? Well, you know, not when you think it through when the coercive power of government is involved. But unfortunately, you know, you know, any anybody can vote, even if they really don't know how our government works. You know, anybody can run for office, even though they don't know how our government works, how it's supposed to work. We, we don't we don't teach civics anymore. We don't teach math properly. We don't. Teach, you know, I mean, all of these problems are interrelated. The most immediate answer for teenagers, for kids is for them not to have smartphones, for them to have flip phones. That, you know, they can get calls and they can make texts and that's and take pictures, maybe. But that's it. <laughs> that's it. And you would think that there would be a huge market for that, that yes. you would have. And parents have to make that decision, not right. the government. I mean, yeah. but you could even you can even see, I mean, companies like Apple, they could easily make a device that sure. doesn't do any of the other things. Right. right. But um, right. the market is out there. And then you'd have people saying, well, I want that to be available. Right. It's a, we're in an in interesting conundrum right now. And I think yeah. the Republican Party has some soul searching to do on how to reach people and how to yeah. message, but how to get that message out. I mean, I think we're messaging or just not reaching people. And I mean, we were talking yeah. about the presidential battle before we we got on here and yeah. and that in, in and of itself is boy it's such a it's such a um fight right now we see that yeah, on yeah. social media and and i don't think that those open battles and and the tearing down of one another is going to do well with the 18 to 29 year olds because that's a group that i mean they've been told their whole life there's nothing worse than a bully Right. Although they see bullying all the time and they participate in bullying. And again, social right, yeah. media. Well, yes. Yeah. As long as it's their type of bullying. Right. You know, <laughs> if it's Democrats doing the bullying, you know, because what what the left will say is, uh, you know, that we're the tolerant ones, but they're completely intolerant in the name of tolerance. They're completely intolerant right. of uh, what they perceive to be 
And what historically in some ways is, I mean, the dominant culture in this country was white and Christian, you know, or Judeo-Christian. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to look at you know, what was what it has been. I, I mean, I think about just the other day on The View, you have Sonny from The View coming out and saying yeah. that white women are following their husbands and what they're doing, voting. They need to preserve the patriarchy. It's and just I'm stupid. Like, right. What are you talking about? And right. I think about the days of The View when it was really the, the viewpoint of all different women, you know, when Barbara Walters was on there and giving them stern looks. No, no, pull it back. You know, right. there is no pulling it back. Now, this has become a propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. Absolutely. And the fact that no one condemns that she says this, no one says, well, wait no. a minute, these women have minds of their own, but they can paint conservative women as exactly. you know, Handmaid's well, Tale or whatever it was that I kept hearing when I was running. And yes, the Handmaid's Tale. Horrible. Yeah. No, it, it well, okay. So yes, did, did you and I grow up in a country that had more white citizens and still does than those of other races? Yes. More Christians. I mean, certainly in my year, I arguably that's changed an awful lot. Um, but that doesn't mean, number one, that they're inherently bad. They haven't been inherently bad, not at all. So that's number one. Uh, you know, but, but number two is that in order to try to uh, reverse, you can't reverse the past. You can certainly change what we do now and for the future. But in order to try to uh, make up for past sins, uh, we have created protected classes of citizens. So Sonny Hostin, because I guess, I don't know, I don't know what exactly her ethnic background is, but I think she's red as black because she's a black woman. You can't say anything to Sonny Hostin. She right. will interpret it as racist and sexist, right? Yeah. So, you know, she's in a protected category now. And if you don't want to get into trouble, Right. You tiptoe around the protected category. So we can't have a real debate with Sonny Hostin. I mean, people do, but you know what I'm saying? You can't have a real debate with Sonny Hostin because then you'll be rejected from the halls of, uh, you know, white thinking people. That's that's exactly right. And I think that is the that's the fight that we keep having is just it's interesting. You, you talked about girls sports a little bit. We didn't get there. Yeah. But the fight I think that we keep having is just to keep having our voice out there and say, you know, these are our values. We're not actually, we're not going to bend to you. We're not going to say that we're ashamed of what our values are. They're our right. values. They've worked for a long time. And yeah. I, I think that people, no matter what faith you are in this country, you can be proud of your faith. You can speak your faith. No matter what political party you are a part of, you can be proud of your political party and you can speak for that and you can speak the values to that. That's something that I think that we've seen being pushed further and further. But I love that you are out there every day and I see you on TV all the time. I think that's amazing because as a woman who did serve the country and has been in the medical field, also in Congress, those are two combinations that I think are, are places we really need voices. So I commend you for being out there every day and continuing to talk. And I'm, I'm glad you joined us today. So Nan Hayworth, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Tudor. Absolute privilege. It was, a, it was a joy for me as well. And thank you all for joining us on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. For this episode and others, as you know, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there. Tell your friends about it. Or you can go to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us, share it, 
Tell your friends about it. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you soon. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to fourpatriots.com/tutor to get your solar generator. Now you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane and he said, Will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, What? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.